Welcome to Above the Noise, a podcast at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. And I'm your host, Grant Lee Martelli. Have you ever tried to find a cable that you needed right away, whether for a microphone, for audio interface, or for a guitar, uh, amplifier, speaker system, or even a cord to hook your cell phone into your podcasting equipment? And then you find the cord and it's noisy, it's rattling, it has a hum in it, and it's just a cheap cable. Stop buying cheap cables. Check out performanceaudio.com. They sell cables with a lifetime warranty, and if they don't have it in stock, they will custom make your cable for you to your needs in the color you want, the length you want. I use them all the time. PerformanceAudio.com, your one-stop shop for all your professional sound and audio needs. With the pending decision by the U.S. Supreme Court for the future of legalized abortion in the United States of America, I wanted to interject some points for consideration into the debate. I'm using an editorial style. I haven't used this before, but I wanted to give it a try, and I hope you like it. So here is Roe vs. Wade, an editorial of Above the Noise, Faith, Race, and Reconciliation. Will the decision of the Supreme Court on abortion be of any significance for people of faith? Many people of faith have devoted much of their attention and energy to what is called an anti-abortion movement, opposing legalized abortion, seeking to close down abortion clinics, or at least intimidating those who seek out such services, creating a political platform that has become a litmus test for supporting or defeated elected candidates, and supporting judicial candidates that they believe will eventually vote to defeat Roe versus Wade. They are devotees on other side of the issue as well. Unfortunately, some people of faith have also created a litmus test for judging a person's belief system upon whether one supports or lacks support for their cause. I ask, is all this effort for one cause really a measure of one's faith or devotion to faith, Or is it a myopic approach that limits a more holistic analysis of our belief systems? Does my faith call me to fight for the unborn, or does it call me to value life? While we focus so much attention on the unborn, are we doing the same to ensure that the babies that we save will have a safe, happy, and healthy life with opportunities for success and free from fears for their life at the hands of multiple sources of deviance, currently present in our society. Why do we continue to believe that the courts are the right places to resolve moral issues or issues of faith as some have associated with abortion? The courts have their place, but not as often as we want to draw them in. They seem to be becoming our default position. Courts do not change hearts. Why do we continue to draw hard lines in the sand and then use these lines as an excuse to treat others as less than or undeserving? If we accept that as Christ's followers, that the two greatest commandments are to love God with all our heart, souls, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, 
Can we justify the way that some people of faith treat those who do not support their position as anything close to loving our neighbor as ourselves? The greatest commandment is not simply a commandment of love in a modern Western society sees love. I love my dog. I love ice cream. I love my neighbor. It is a call to a radical new way of thinking and living in relationship to others. Not just those whom we like, but also to those who irritate us and those who do not believe as we do. When I think of abortion or homosexuality as the hot topics in the halls of faith, I ask myself, what is my appropriate response? Can I use my belief system as a means to disrespect, degrade, or discriminate against others? Or do I use my faith as a vehicle with which to have conversations that allow both sides to share their beliefs, and we each learn and try to influence the other's point of view, medical decision, preference, or lifestyle, and then prayerfully leave the decision to others or to the other person to choose the path of their conscience? It sometimes seems that we believe that God gave humankind free will and the faith community is on a crusade to take it away. Abortions existed before the first Supreme Court's ruling on legalizing abortion. And it will exist if the current court chooses to reverse that decision. The decision to have or not to have an abortion is not a legal decision. The court's decision is one of whether a woman has legal access to a medical procedure. So I ask again, will the Supreme Court's decision remove my responsibility to love and influence my neighbor's decision on whatever issue that becomes a crisis of the times? There are those who purport abstinence as an alternative to abortions. Even though I support the philosophy of abstinence, I have always found that approach in and of itself to be lacking in maturity and reality. Some of the proponents of abstinence are also opponents of teaching sexual education in any forum but the home. It is contradictory and assumes that everyone comes from a home where such topics are apropos and where there's a value system similar to theirs. You know what happens when we assume. Those in the more liberal camp would say that abortion should be readily available at any time to anyone because it's a woman's decision. I'm not sure if that is any more valid than the other side's argument for abstinence. If abortion is available to anyone at any time, where does that logic lead us? Is there a time that abortion is no longer the necessity and it becomes a convenience? Even though we say we are free to do whatever we want, There will always be rules and limitations and conditions governing even what the freest of us can do. You only have to look at our views on the limitations of free speech or the court's rulings on the limitations of free speech to see the contradictions. There's no such thing as an absolute right or freedom for or to anything. It seems to me that the Supreme Court's decision is not really the issue here. It appears that we have a dilemma of personal choice. Even though the courts may seem to be places where we can go to try to settle our differences, whether legal, moral, ethical, social, political, the court cannot settle the dilemma of how we choose to get along and how we choose to influence others when settling our differences. 
Abortion in the eyes of the court is a medical procedure to terminate the life of a fetus. Courts usually rule on procedures or processes or actions that may cause another person harm. The decision of whether or not to have an abortion is not a medical one. The court's decision will decide whether the procedure is legal. The decision to have the procedure cannot be decided in a court of law. It is decided in conviction and in relationship, in conversation, and in one's perception of their current status, mental, or medical condition. It is not illegal to become pregnant. It is not illegal to consider one's options. It is a woman's choice, yes. It is her body, yes. It is her decision. In respecting and affirming her right to choose, it is also my responsibility to try to convince her to choose to let the fetus live and consider other options. However, I must also be willing to accept that she may choose not to do that. It is then that the legal availability of the procedure becomes a factor. The decision to have an abortion takes place long before reaching the clinic. Can we influence those decisions in loving and caring ways before the appointment is even made? If we are fully convinced that an unborn has a right to life, what responsibility do we have in creating safe and loving spaces for those children to live and grow? According to AdoptUsKids.org, there are over 400,000 children in foster care in the United States alone, 117,000 of which are waiting to be adopted. There are over 9,000 group homes. According to the ACLU, there are over 60,000 juveniles under age 18 that are incarcerated in the United States alone. In many countries, tens of thousands of children work in sweatshops and mines instead of being in school or enjoying their lives. Thousands are trafficked for various reasons, including sexual exploitation, This does not count the ones living in abusive homes or children who go to bed hungry at night or thousands who die each year from curable diseases due to lack of basic health care that is readily available if one just happens to live in the right place in the right countries. So if we are going to draw the line that life matters, especially that of the unborn, do we just walk away after they are born and let them fend for themselves? Are we willing to provide safe homes for them to live, healthy food for them to eat, clothes for them to wear? Are we willing to open our homes to give them safe places to live? Will the children have access to quality health care and dental care, quality schools and opportunities to reach their full potential? Are we willing to think differently as people of faith? Can we use our conviction and righteous indignation to go beyond words and name-calling and look at ways to improve housing availability and affordability, to reduce food insecurity, to make adoption less complicated and costly, to reduce the escalating and disproportionate costs of childcare? Are we willing to join school boards so that we have schools that educate and create responsible adults who are ready to face the world that we have created and at times mismanaged for them? Are we willing to have accessible and affordable medical care across communities, regardless of race or geography, socioeconomic status? Are we willing to reduce our greed for exorbitant quarterly profits and push for honest wages for a day's work so that parents can afford to take care of their children? While some of us are planning for comfortable retirements, 
Many people are consumed with finding just where their next meal will come from. While some can take time off and go to the state capital or to the nation's capital to protest, others cannot even take a day off from work to take care of their sick children or parents without fear of losing their job. The best way to prevent a problem is not to let it occur in the first place. This calls for awareness, knowledge, honesty, and creativity. Protesting for or against the Supreme Court decision is neither honest nor proactive in this current debate. It is like trying to stop a runaway train by running behind it and pulling on the rear coupling with our bare hands. It may look heroic, but it won't stop the train. There are no supermen in this whole issue. They're just human beings, people having to deal with people on some very complicated topics. The pending Supreme Court ruling in whatever direction it goes, still leaves us with a big credibility and livability gap. Children deserve the right to life, but they need more than simply being born. They deserve to thrive. Faith requires honesty and action, and honest action is not always convenient or pleasant. It may require us to get in the trenches, and this may cause us to get mixed up in the messiness of people's lives. However, sometimes it is in the trenches that we have the opportunity to refine our theology and our dogmas, and that can help us to become more human, human beings. So what can we do? I give you nine things that we can do regardless of the Supreme Court's decision. First, leadership is never achieved at the extremes unless there are ulterior motives, and then it becomes manipulation. Whenever we operate at the extremes, there must always be an enemy to justify our thoughts, beliefs, and our actions. Leadership is to serve others and about influence people in a particular direction to accomplish something good or better than it was before. It is never seeking to promote itself. We are not called to be for or against a political issue. We are called to walk with people through life's issues and challenges and to love them back to health and well-being and eventually to Christ. Yes, I've stated that abortion is a medical procedure. However, what we are seeing and experiencing around the Supreme Court's decision at this time is not about a medical procedure. It is about a political and ideological position that we as people of faith should have enough of a solid foundation not to be drawn into. The outcome is seldom what we desire. We may win the battle, but lose our influences and our voice in many other places. Two, we can begin to see those on the other side of our belief system, not as enemies, but as people whose positions and actions we need to better understand. We have enough real enemies that we do not need to go out and make new ones. Seek to understand, then influence. The truth is that when we take time to look beyond our social, political, and religious differences, we may find that we have more in common than what we first thought. There's a time to protest and march in the streets for just causes and to represent those who cannot represent themselves. However, we should avoid mob mentality and being drawn into things and places where we never intended to go, and where our voices are diluted by the interference and the chaos. 
Fourth, as people of faith, our concern for others need to be mature and holistic. We do not have the luxury of being political emissaries. We are ambassadors of a higher kingdom, people focused and motivated by love for our neighbor and seeking their best outcomes regardless of their political affiliation. Five, realize that no political party has all the answers and none are divinely appointed. We have no monarchy, no potentate or savior except Jesus the Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And we should never have absolute loyalty to any imperfect system. Six, we need to develop a holistic theology of the value of life. That life begins at conception and ends at death. Children need to thrive, be safe, and have opportunities to succeed, not just to be born. That theology needs to value life for all, born and unborn, regardless of place of birth, race, ethnicity, religion, language, social status, or sex. 7. Differences are normal. Discord is a choice. We will always have differences of opinions. However, we choose how we handle those differences, and how we handle them says a lot about us. 8. We not only own our actions, we own our reactions. We don't always have to respond or react to everything that comes before us. Sometimes it is good just to be silent and let things go by. Proverbs 17.28 says, It is better to remain silent and be thought wise. We do not always have to agree with everyone in order to show care or compassion for them. 9. Don't use the Bible as a small screen for our prejudices and politics. Jesus welcomed the children, but he also welcomed the leper, the adulteress, the blind, the Samaritan, the outcast, the tax collector who worked for the Roman government. He welcomed the scribes and the Pharisees, religious leaders of his day, into discourse. They chose to make him an enemy and plotted to kill him. So as we anticipate a decision from the Supreme Court, either way, on either side of the Roe versus Wade issue. We are called to deal with people. We are called to deal with real-life situations. We are not called to wait for a court opinion. We are not called to, to try to decide which side, this side or that side. We are called to deal with people in the reality of life. The Supreme Court will make a decision. They will either choose to uphold the law as it is, or they may choose to strike it down. But what is more telling is going to be how we as people of faith respond and how we react. We are called to influence people towards a position of faith, towards a different lifestyle. What we do and how we respond will say more than those words on that paper will ever say Write me and let me know what you think. Leave a review and share this episode with someone you know. Email us your comments and suggestions at AboveTheNoise24 at gmail.com. AboveTheNoise24 at gmail.com. Like us and leave a review on the site where you're listening right now. Just take a minute and leave a review because reviews help 
our podcast to receive more visibility, especially to people who are interested in these topics. Also share with a friend so that they can join the conversation. Follow us on Facebook at Above the Noise 24, at Above the Noise 24, and also follow us on Instagram.